Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure and a privilege to come before you. We have a really important guest today. Uh, He's running for office. He's been on the border, and he lives in Del Rio, Texas. And, you know, that's the, uh, I think, the bullseye mark of uh, illegal immigration and uh, the failure of the Biden administration. Uh, He's at the uh, eye of the hurricane uh, in that particular geographic location, which we have covered that area before on this show. So we're going to get to Frank here in just a second. But first, I need to take care of some business. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, listen to me. If you're not paying attention to what's going on with the food supply, you really need to open your eyes right now. We've had over 100 food processing plants destroyed in the last 18 months. We have continued food supply chain problems. I'm being besieged by farmers. One of them is a very good friend of mine. Uh, the potency and the fertilizer is being lessened. They're taking some of the nitrates out. That means less crops. Uh, there's a fertilizer shortage. I could go on and on and on. You get the idea. I really believe your only measure for protection right now against uh, having to stand in line and depend on the government to feed you is to get storable food. And MPS right now is one of the few companies that's still left standing, has not sold out to the government. Uh, and, and yeah, a lot of the corporations that we compete with have sold out to the government. They've sold their entire supply. Some of them have just gone under because they couldn't meet the demand. Well, MPS is not only meeting the demand they also have not raised prices and they have a sale in effect right now that's available to you at preparewithdave.com that's preparewithdave.com and we think while we're suffering as a country let's suffer in comfort uh mike lindell's people approached us and said hey would you like to represent my pillow and we'll give your audience the best deal that we have and they sure did that and so it's our privilege and honor to uh, represent Mike Lindell's company he's a true patriot he stands for free and fair elections he's taken a terrible price for his stance but uh, beyond all that his products are second to none we had most of his products before they approached me and I'm talking about my wife and I they're wonderful two for one is what they're giving you uh, 50% off in some cases in a few cases it's 80% off I mean and the deals are incredible and that's unique to our audience so all you have to do is go to mypillow.com backslash hodges and use the coupon code hodges that's mypillow.com backslash hodges and use the coupon code hodges and then finally our last sponsor for this particular segment of the common sense show is noble gold and you know you've heard me long enough that i have gone from advertiser to customer because they have taken what I have. I don't have a huge nest egg, but I got enough of a nest egg. I want to protect it. And they said, Dave, we're going to help you diversify if that's what you want to do. And they're the best at doing it. I mean, the best. I'm going back for another refit here in about two weeks because uh, I, I think we're going to see some dramatic shifts in the market and so forth. And so we're going to take some precautionary action, and I'm going to have them further diversify me. And this is the, really the key to getting through. Digital is coming. There'll be no economic freedom. I'm serious, folks. You really need to read about digital. And Biden is endorsing it right now as we speak. He calls it the Fed coin. So you want to step outside the system? 
well, you need to go with Noble Gold. And they do a whole lot more than gold. They can explain all that to you in a no-pressure environment with the best customer service I have ever encountered. Give them a call, 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Tell them Dave Hodges told you to call. Also, you can go to goldbeforelate.com. That's gold and the word before, goldbeforelate.com. Well, Frank Lopez Jr. has been on the border in a real way. Uh, we owe him a debt of gratitude for his service to his country, and he's trying to up that service by moving up the ladder, so to speak, politically speaking. And uh, we thought he would make a terrific guest because he's on the firing line of the betrayal of this country by totally opening our borders up. And ladies and gentlemen, just if you're the first time you're hearing me, on my dad's side of the family, I'm first generation. I believe in immigration. Immigrants have done great things in this country. However, however, we just can't open the floodgates. It destroys our infrastructure, destroys our schools, our hospitals. We can't afford to do, and it also has a national security risk where we're all much less safe because we're not screening people properly. So Frank is here to talk to us about that. Frank, welcome to the show, and it kind of is a matter of introduction since this is your first time on the show. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having me on. So I was born and raised in South Texas. I was born in Metallic and raised in Alamo, uh, which is you know, pretty much the tip of Texas. And uh, when we, uh, when I was 12, my dad moved us to El Paso, Texas. He was hired by the Border Patrol. And so I attended uh, you know, school uh, in El Paso. I was involved in the uh, U.S. Army Reserve Officer Training Corps. And then uh, that kind of led naturally to my joining the U.S. Army, the military police. I was stationed in uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, deployed to Honduras, Central America, finished my tour of service in Mainz, West Germany. This was uh, in the mid-80s, uh, I guess you could say at the height of the Cold War. Uh, so when I uh, came back, I started attending college, started using my college uh, education money. And that's where I saw that uh, there were groups such as La Raza Unida, uh, LULAC, uh, Maldiv, uh, the, uh, the Atsalan movement, you know, uh, southern Texas, southern U.S. belongs to Mexico kind of stuff. And, and I saw all these, uh, what I would say, kind of semi-militant groups recruiting at the college campus. As they approached me, uh, they, they said, you know, uh, they're trying to keep you down. You need to join the movement. And I said, that's the most ridiculous thing you could ever uh, say to me. Because I have seen American opportunity, and I served in the military. What you're doing is divisive, divisive to America. And so they they kind of learned to stay away from me. But then the border patrol came knocking. I joined the border patrol in 1988. Uh, along the way, I met my my wife of 31 years. I also became an ordained minister at our local church. Awesome. And. Uh, that was used uh, in turn by God so that uh, I started up the, the chaplaincy program for the United States Border Patrol. I was the founding chaplain along with a team of, of, of uh, men who uh, God called out and brought them to my attention. We formed the nucleus for the chaplaincy program that has since uh, spread out to the Border Patrol. Uh, but uh, it was a great uh, honor to be involved with that in Del Rio, Texas. And so I finished up, and I went on to go do other things. I served in Washington, D.C. I you know, served in this border for 30 years. I retired in 2018. And uh, I knew I wanted to get involved in some measure in the political arena. Politicians make decisions that affect our everyday life. And, and, and to a great extent, uh, you know, along with sin, of course, but the, the decisions of elected officials are leading to the problem, you know, are the cause of many of the problems we see in America today. And so I knew that being involved in the political arena is key. So I jumped in, uh, wanted to get involved locally with our party, but then I met a man who uh, became a candidate for Congress in the 23rd Congressional District, uh, and that's where I'm currently running. But anyways, I became his campaign manager, and very quickly, uh, Dave, we saw the influence and the reach of the establishment. And, and we saw that the candidate that eventually went on to win was a was a, a globalist establishment a puppet, is what I say. And uh, sure enough, his voting record uh, has proven our, our initial 
you know, uh, uh, you know, intelligence on him. Our, intel- our initial analysis has, has proven to be correct. And so that's where I'm at. Uh, that's kind of it. Uh, you know, this uh, continuum in a, in a very quick nut- uh, nutshell. <laughs> Oh, that's quite a resume here, and uh, glad to hear you were brothers in Christ. Uh, most of our audience is Christian-oriented. We're not exclusive, and we welcome all people to come here, and we hope that you do find the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, but but we don't exclude. Um, we're getting a little interference coming out of your line. I'm wondering if you could maybe kind of reorient a little bit, because we're getting some fuzz coming through the from your side. Is that possible? Well, we have a little inference on the line here, folks, but uh, we seem to have kind of weathered that storm, so to speak. And we were talking to Frank about his background. Pretty impressive. Started the chaplain program with the Border Patrol and just really interesting things. And, Frank, I want to digress just for a second. You were working the border when Fast and Furious came in and led to the death of Agent Brian Brian Terry. Uh, How much awareness with Border Patrol officials were they of Obama's and Eric Holder's betrayal of the Border Patrol, your safety and security, the safety and security of the people by shipping guns to the cartels? No doubt, Dave, at the the highest echelons, there was some some, uh, knowledge, uh, I would say that. Now, whether it made it down to the the ground pounders, to the boots on the ground, uh, and I like to say there's souls in those boots on the ground to the guys and men and women on the ground. I, I'm not certain of, you know, how much knowledge they had of that. But I will certainly say that at the highest echelons, there had to be at least some knowledge. I'll give you a perfect example of something uh, along those lines. Uh, down here, we work with uh, the Office of Field Operations, with this, which is within Customs and Border Protection. So whenever, uh, you know, they seize... Uh, money, drugs, weapons at a port of entry. Eventually, that that uh, th- those uh, items have to be either transferred. They they go to uh, as evidence for a, a criminal trial, or they're destroyed. So anytime there's a destruction process, a destruction project, Border Patrol is notified by the Office of Field Operations that hey, we're going to be moving fifty, you know, thousand pounds of of drugs through your checkpoint. So, uh, you know, there is an awareness, and I have no doubt there was, a, I would say, a general awareness. I don't know how in-depth that would have been, but at the highest level, I just can't imagine that there wasn't some connection. Yeah, absolutely. I just, but I just, I, I like to ask Border Patrol people I interview or former Border Patrol what their perception of that was. I was one of those journalists who was writing about that with outrage back when that occurred. And, uh, kind of interesting. Eric Holder can, uh, defy Congress and not testify and he gets a free walk and we're putting, uh, Trump officials in jail for the same thing. But anyway, I digress. Let's go back, um, to the border. Tell me, in in your opinion, if you were to summarize, someone walked up to you and they didn't know really much about the border, and they said, Frank, you work there, you work for the Border Patrol, what's going on, why are the borders open, how much danger is America in, I'd like you to take that and run with it. Well, what I would say is that what we are seeing here is a massive betrayal of the American people. Americans are being stabbed in the back by their own government. And uh, what we're seeing is a massive, coordinated, well-orchestrated, uh, well-funded uh, operation, uh, vast human smuggling operation going on. And I base that on 30 years of uh, border patrol experience. You know, on the you know working with uh, anti-smuggling unit uh, uh, agents, working as uh, undercover. Uh, border patrol agent trying to disrupt smuggling operations in our area of operation and so what what i see happening here is a massive smuggling operation but i also call it an invasion because uh the the uh the the, the types of people that are coming in you know uh, it, it's not your uh story of you know you know family units who are you know, just trying to escape some, you know, tr- terrible tragedy back in their home country. Uh, what we're seeing are, are, are children that are being brought in, unaccompanied alien children uh, that are, are I, I really believe this. And I know many other uh, people have 
said this, and actually there's been testi- testimony of this in Washington, that children are being brought in uh, for for not just illegal uh, purposes, but for evil purposes, Dave. And uh, I, I deal extensively with uh, uh, anti-human trafficking, you know, uh, uh, persons and organizations. And so what I would I would say to that person is the border is wide open. It is not secure. Your, your government is lying to you, telling you that it is under control unless the definition of control means we are doing exactly what we want to do, which is allowing people who enter our country illegally to get uh, uh, inserted into the asylum process, into the uh, parole process when they do not have legitimate claims to any of those you know, codified, you know, uh, uh, you know, processes, you know, sanctioned uh, mm-hmm. processes that have been around for, you know, they've been around for a while. Look, we're not anti-immigration, but what we see here is uh, a full-scale invasion. And uh, to use this analogy, if, if the movement of people coming into our country is uh, along a pipeline, along a pipeline, and this pipeline consists of components like the cartels, like the United States government and all its uh, agencies, uh, non-government organizations. Uh, the United- we at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time united nations uh and uh you know globalists like george soros well if, if this pipeline consistent of all that uh faith-based non-government organizations that pipeline is at the burst bursting level the pressure in that pipeline uh the, the volume is so uh you know, it's so gigantic that it's barely, barely hanging on. And at any moment, the you know, United States government, the Customs and Border Protection under Department of Homeland Security knows knows that it's a very fragile uh, dynamic we have going on right now on this border. Yeah, it, it is a fragile dynamic. Uh, did you ever see anything? Let me preface my question by saying this. 
I've had communication with two different Border Patrol agents, anonymously, of course, but they give me good information. And I've had that information for one for eight years and the other one for six years. And and they believe there's direct complicity with the leadership of the present DHS under Mayorkas and the cartels. They believe there's actually coordinated activities, how to avoid being ensnared and so forth. Do you know anything about this? Well, uh, I'll tell you this. What is happening here does not happen without coordination. Now, in the Border Patrol, we have units. Uh, they, they might be. They might go by different names. It just depends. Uh, International Liaison Unit, Foreign Operations Branch. But the but the basic premise of this unit is liaison with our counterparts or with. Uh, elements of of the GOM, the government of Mexico, and so I, I myself actually participated in across the border events where, when I was working on the uh, Border Patrol Chaplaincy Program, I went and dealt with mental health, uh, you know, health related entities at a at a meeting as as part of a as uh, you know I, I was a part of the U.S. component counterpart to the Mexican uh, component, which was anything having to do with critical incident stress management, uh, public health response to disaster under an emergency management umbrella kind of scenario. And so I have no doubt that our entities, our governments are working with them, uh, and not just with the Department of Homeland Security, because we have uh, our agents, our officers deployed throughout embassies around the world, Dave. But we are also, you know, that a collaboration with the Mexican government also uh, happens through the Department of State. But when we talk about Alejandro Mayorkas, you have here a person. I I remember when he was nominated for the role of DHS, I, I posted and said, this is the worst possible choice for DHS because because a service oriented, uh, uh, you know, uh, commissioner. A head official over citizenship and immigration services is now going to be not only directing that component, but the enforcement component. And no, and having seen his actions at CIS, where he was very, very uh, immigrant friendly. And let me qualify that. I'm not saying we're, you know, we should be unfriendly to immigrants, but to the point of relaxing and disregarding policy or loosening policy, expanding policy. To allow more people to come in, I knew he was going to be a terrible choice for DHS secretary. And, uh, and sure enough, you know, his decisions and his outright lies to the American people and to Congress, uh, it, it, it further, you know, just accentuates that, I, I, you know, we were right about our assessment of him. And uh, there's an independent verification of this stuff as well, Dave. There was, um, I don't know if you've heard of Michael Yans. He's a wartime correspondent. Michael Yons, Y-O-N-S. He was down in Panama, and he was looking at the U.N. facility that's down there. Remember, the Biden administration early on uh, reached out to the U.N. And, and said, help us regulate the flow of refugees of people into America. So the U.N. and, and, and Biden started working early on. And of course, we know that this goes back, you know, decades, but but... But specifically when Biden came in, there was there were these public reports of his administration reaching out to you, the U.N. So Michael Yans is down there in Panama looking at this U.N. facility, and he gets word that Alejandro Mayorkas is going to be flying into Panama to inspect that, uh, that facility and other uh, uh, infrastructure down there. And sure enough, as he's sitting there, he sees four Blackhawks fly in, swoop in. And uh, he was able to get in close enough to recognize Alejandro Mayorkas on the ground in Panama. And so this coincides, Dave, with uh, with reports we're receiving from Border Patrol agents who are processing uh, these illegal aliens at the at the uh, you know the Border Patrol stations. They were showing up in the system, and, and so they were saying, "Hey, have you ever been caught before?" No. Well, why are you showing up? In the system, have you ever been apprehended before? And they, that, what they would say, well, I've never been arrested, but down in Panama, they took my my fingerprints and, and information. And so, what that was, Dave, was what, what I call the 
the, the maximizing optimization of this this vast human smuggling operation wherein mm-hmm. these people are inputted into the system on a forward operating basis you know you know uh, you know uh, in a forward operating uh, stance so that when they get to the border you have you don't have a stove piping effect and you don't get once again the optics of the Haitian uh, city that popped up underneath the Del Rio International Bridge uh, uh, during the summer of last year. And so what we have seen here is that our government has become very clinical so that it's it's nice, you know, optics. You don't see uh, you don't see the, uh, uh, a Haitian invasion kind of scenario again. Now, what they cannot stop, of course, are, you know, just random um, uh, public uh, citizens filming. Like, like that's what I do. I mean, if I'm not doing something, I'm out trying to capture this footage about what's happening on the border. Uh, and some, you know, very few news outlets. So Alejandro Mayorkas, yes, he is working extensively. And if not him, components of the, the Department of Homeland Security through our embassies overseas, through our actual deployed government employees in these foreign nations in, in throughout Mexico, Central America and South America and even overseas uh, uh, so that there is truth to that and Alejandro is a, a, a Mallorcas is a true traitor a traitor to uh, you know our, 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 our nation I mean mm-hmm. when you want to if you were to you know put it on a, a uh, put his picture in a dictionary, it would go under trade. Yeah, that's uh, part of star- startling uh, revelation here. So I just want to go back, though. When you're saying that they pre-process these people at the border yes. uh, or in Panama, are, is that to give them a free pass coming through? No. Uh, what, what what I gather from talking to the folks is, you know, because they, they, they still have to deal with, uh, you know, other government components, right? So, so they still have to deal with, you know, whether they're crossing into Panama or Guatemala or even into Mexico. They still have to go through the uh, the process of Mexico. Specifically, is what I'm thinking of, where they they get these temporary uh, visas that allow them that allow them to traverse uh, Mexico. And and some of these riots that have taken place on uh, in Mexico are is because uh, they are not getting these visas fast enough they don't want to be backed up you know down there uh on the border with guatemala they want to be moving through mexico as fast as they can to get to america as fast as they can so so to answer your question what i believe and and what you know just assumptions from from talking to different folks it is so that uh, their basic information biometrics or pictures are already in the system so when they get to the U.S. authorities, once you know they've been shepherded through Mexico by the cartels and and global non-government organizations, global organizations. Uh, once they get to our border, the interaction, the wait time at a U.S. border patrol processing facility will be minimized as much as possible. And then from there, of course, the the pipeline process is either uh, you know they're released to a non-government organization over here uh, or they're dropped off like for instance here in Del Rio on our main avenue at a local convenience store which is also the Greyhound bus station mm-hmm. so they're just they're just dropped off I've got video footage on my on my Facebook where Border Patrol vehicle pulls up a van holding 15 18 people everybody gets off and he the agent takes off and so now you've got this minimally uh, you know uh processed people uh you know with just a cursory just uh you know uh criminal background running them uh free on on, on a major avenue here in in the heart of our city and and so this is uh uh part of you know mayorkas you know through his uh, through through the department you know his representatives etc you know coordinating with the government of mexico and i believe david that there has there has to be coordination of some extent with foreign NGOs foreign uh, the United Nations and even American NGOs who are making so much money off of this uh, uh, invasion 
that they can forward deploy their own representatives in these uh, foreign countries. Mm-hmm. A- and uh, and I'll give you a very specific example of, of something that we've seen here in Del Rio. Last year, this was the epicenter. Everybody was funneling through here. So now what we have seen is that uh, the government of Mexico, whether it's the, the, the federal police, uh, local police, state police, uh, or military, they are they are uh, hurting, you know, H-E-R-D, you know, moving people, corralling them, moving them, redirecting them down towards Eagle Pass, Piedras Negras. Piedras Negras means black stones, black rocks. It is right across the river from Eagle Pass, Texas. And so they're pushing them 50 miles down river because on the United States side of Piedras Negras, which is in the state of Coahuila, uh, we, the United States government, our tax dollars, David, have set up massive mega processing centers that can hold up to 1,000, 1,500 people at a given time. And so it's part of this aesthetic cleanup, uh, keep it nice and pretty uh, approach that DHS, the Biden administration has, where uh, they, they push him down. Uh, they are they are brought across the river at specific points. Border Patrol is waiting there with massive 50, 60 passenger white buses. I call them casino luxury buses. I mean, because you look inside, they are these, uh, you know, this long distance highway buses with plush, cushy, upholstered seats. And, you know, anyways, they're waiting there on the side of the river, you know, one, two, three at a time, along with you know, of 5, 10, 15 uh, uh, passenger uh, uh, capable vehicles, vans and and so it's very coordinated David, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're shepherded to a certain point on the Mexican side, they cross the river uh, where uh, US uh, authorities are waiting, pick him up they haul him to a processing center uh, then they are released either to an NGO or dropped off at a convenience store at a, uh, in San Antonio What's happening, you know, just 150 miles from the border, all these buses from the Rio Grande Valley, uh, Rio Grande Valley, Laredo, uh, Del Rio sector, they focalize, centralize on San Antonio, Bear County, and the city of San Antonio with city taxpayer dollars has opened up a, what they call a migrant resource center. They're dropped off. They can sleep there. They can, uh, you know, uh, get on a computer, contact family, uh, you know, tell them I'm here, I made it. And from there, family members come pick them up or they wire them money so they can buy airline tickets or bus tickets or, you know, what I've seen also is them hooking up these uh, uh, persons, these illegal agents are hooking up with local citizens, local charities, local NGOs. And then from there, God only knows where they wind up at. But uh, these, uh, th- this is a massive operation, David, with multiple components, but it is all moving along very efficiently like a well-oiled machine. And it is all being done on our dime. Amazing. Um, I heard back in 2014 from one of my border patrol sources that they would... Uh, accumulate ms-13 at the border uh they could recognize them by various tattoos and so forth and so they would put them in these holding cells or holding cages actually and when they got between 8 and 12 they were released to white vans and they disappeared into the night no one knew where they went did you ever hear about that well as, as far as the movement of people uh, under those kinds of you know uh hush hush you know uh, uh you know, theatrical kind of, you know, it, it sounds like high drama, you know, but, but it, I, I've seen that. I have. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. I've seen quick movement, you know, and, and so it, it, it does not uh, surprise me. I'm not, you know, I, I, I'll give you a perfect example of that. When the, when the Haitians were here, 
and 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 the, and the uh, you know uh, Al Sharpton came down and he got screamed at, get out of here, whatever. But but the Biden administration, they did a massive air, uh, a, a massive movement of these people, and they did it a lot of it via air, and so we had Coast Guard aircraft, you know, four propeller aircraft. That, that are the storm chasers flying in. The, you know, what do they call them? The hurricane hunters. Those kinds of aircraft flying in here with Coast Guard markings flying into our local international airport. And I saw people being bodily, you know, one uh, uh, agent or one law enforcement official at each appendage hauling people away because they did not want to be hauled away. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised now. Look, I won't put it past our government, <laughs> honestly, David, uh, to to do things uh, to 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 set up to set up situations, circumstances, so that they get a desired outcome. Uh, all you got to do is think about the influx of drugs and how that's destroyed segments of our population. The role of the CIA, you know. Uh, the, the role of DEA in the movement of drugs into this country as well. The role of ATF and what they did with what you just mentioned about the Brian uh, Terry uh, case. You know, it's, uh, it's all I wouldn't put it uh, to what end. Look, all you got to think about is that uh, these persons have found out how to manipulate mass quantities of people. They have learned how to manipulate us. Look at what they did with, uh, with 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 the vax, and and how they used fear. They used the media. They used this vast propaganda, uh, you know, machine. Not only in the United States, but across the world, to get them to do what they wanted them to do. And so, uh, I can think of a couple of situations where uh, you would you would move people and plant them in a community, say. Uh, to to say, look, we're going to need more police power. We're going to need more police presence. Well, we're going to have to better equip our military to deal with uh, these uh, MS-13 drug cartel components. Who some of them are mi- former military. Therefore, we need militarized training, militarized weaponry, militarized tactics. You know that that's a possible scenario there. I know that when I was stationed in Washington, D.C. and living in Silver Spring, Maryland, just outside the district, uh, uh, MS-13, their presence in Manassas, Reston, you know, Virginia, was heavy. And what they were doing out there was was diabolical. You know, the, the, the depravity, the savageness, the savageness of their actions uh, is, you know, I mean, I, I used to say, well, what do you expect? From you know, from the descendants of the Mayas and the Aztecs, you know, bloodthirsty <laughs> kind of component to this. What were they doing? What, what kind of activities well, were they involved in? Silver Springs. My, my God. Uh, yeah, well, in, in Reston, uh, Manassas, uh, in Reston, Virginia, uh, be, beheading, beheading people, uh, uh, chopping them up with mach- machetes, machetes. You know, uh, the big, you know, jungle clearing uh, machetes. You know. Uh, there was even some. There were even some reports of satanic rituals, you know, cutting out people's hearts and beheading them, mm-hmm. uh, kind of stuff. So yeah, just a very cursory, you know, Google MS13 trial in Virginia, and you'll see, you know, some of these more uh, sensationalized, publicized, you know, cases that took place out there. But but look, that's that's what makes it, you know, to the mainstream uh, daily across this country. There are there are many people that are impacted by the crimes committed by illegal aliens, and, and and part of the problem with this, David, is that you know we have a system in place that's supposed to control the flow. You want to control it because that gives you time to run, you know, comprehensive background investigation, to to conduct comprehensive in-person interviews, uh, to look uh, for you know loopholes. In, in a person's claim, you know, to, you know, as to wanting, you know, asylum or, or wanting to marry a United States citizen, uh, they would look for marriage fraud, you know, for uh, arranged marriages kind of stuff. But all that, all that, uh, you know, all these safeguards have been thrown out the window for the most part 
by the Biden administration who has said loosen and lessen and relax all the policies to allow maximum influence. Yeah, that's... Uh these are stories I've heard before, and people often forget, Frank, that yes. MS-13 were the assassins uh, that were employed in Mexico to kill police chiefs, politicians, and other uh, leaders that weren't doing their bidding. So I, I look at that and I say, gee, are they going to do that here? Do you think they're going to be used as assassins in this country when the time is right? Uh, that's 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 a very plausible scenario. I mean, look, uh, some of these, uh, especially where I'm at, out here in this district, some of these sheriff's departments and some of these city police departments, they're they're tiny, David. They are tiny. Uh, you know, uh, at, at any given moment in this county, Valverde County, which is one of the bigger, more populated in the region, uh, we can, you know, our sheriff, you know, he can barely have two or three, four sheriffs on duty. And then if you were to look at a map, Vial, Verde County, VAL, B-E-R-D-E County is one of the largest landmass ones. And so for them to, you know, they stick around the city, the county seat for the most part, but they have to patrol, you know, the outer ranges. And so there's, there's, there's small towns where it's plausible. Look, if I was a, a person along with a group of people who wanted to acquire weapons, wanted to acquire police tactical equipment, I would go to a small town, and and, and I, I would pick off, you know, the lone patrol officer one by one. And once you got access to one officer's shotgun and automatic weapon and his sidearm, plus the ammunition, plus his body armor, plus a, a radio that allows you to, uh, you know, surveil tactical communications. I mean, it, it doesn't take much, uh, David, uh, for for properly trained, properly motivated people. To slowly start taking over, you know, a, a small town, then, then then a larger area, and, and then they band together. I mean, this sounds like the stuff of novels, you know, some movie, but but that, it's all together plausible. And uh, what their eventual purpose is, I mean, God only knows, and of course the planners, you know, they might have an idea of what they want to do with this. But uh, it's something we cannot discount. Look, uh, our government has betrayed us. They have used our tax funded resource against us at various points in our history. And, and so, and, and that is the purpose of the Second Amendment, is so that we can defend ourselves against change. We can defend ourselves against uh, uh, a, a government that has overstepped it, the, the bounds of the Constitution. Okay. Well, Frank, let me, let, let me ask you this then. Um, you're saying things that are very consistent with my Border Patrol sources, very consistent. I will tell you this, too. I had contact with a high-ranking Texas Ranger back in 2015, and he told me that one of their greatest fears was exactly what you just described, was a cartel, a high-level cartel takeover of small towns and to do it simultaneously. And he said we would hope that we could intercept their communications and stop them. But his fear was uh, that they could grab a whole lot of small towns, execute the policemen, take control of the town, hold the people hostage, and just basically commit all kinds of acts of domestic terrorism. So I have heard this before uh, from, a, from a very reliable source. It's it, it, unbelievable what's going on. What do you think is motivating the government? I know there's more than one reason. But when you look at Biden... Uh, Mayorkas and this whole crew, what's motivating them to basically, uh, they're committing impeachable offenses. They're violating the articles of the Constitution. They're, art- they're violating federal statute. What's motivating them to do that, Frank? Well, it, it boils down to the very, the very base level good versus evil. And, and so the vehicle for that, uh, I believe, is you know, the socialist, Marxist, uh, it, it, globalism and so that's what I think is, is, is part of it that the, it it's either this globalist uh, ideology or very simple greed hunger for money the love of money and and so that's why I have said David that that we have hardcore ideologues that have infiltrated major ways to government organizations education business 
uh, entertainment, uh, cultural components. They have made their, their way to every uh, every thread of American fabric. And, and, and on the other hand, uh, we have these greedy, easily corrupted elected officials. And so when I say that, I'm pointing the finger at both of the major parties, Democrat, Republican, I call it a uniparty to a certain extent. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good people, even even good patriotic Americans who call themselves Democrat. But if, if you had to strip away political brands, they would say, I am an American, I am a patriot, I love my, my God, my country, my family. I believe in hard work. I believe in the Bible. And, and so... Uh, I, I think that what motivates them is, 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 is this pursuit of power and it is being done through this globalist, uh, movement. And, uh, we're seeing it firsthand down here on the, on the, on the border where we have, uh, members of both parties that are, parties that are complicit in this state. They, they, they have sold out, uh, for, for, for either, you know, of, of those uh, you know, uh, elements, you know, ideology or money. They have sold out. Uh, they're lying to Americans. They're, they're, they're stabbing them, uh, in the heart, even as they're looking into their eyes and saying, believe me, uh, I'm here for you. And, uh, that's why I'm in the fight. That's why I jumped in. Yeah. Well, you definitely, definitely are in the fight. Um, we're getting so much interference on your end. Could you, is it possible to reorient just a tad? Okay, can you hear me there better now? Uh, still got a lot of static and crackly stuff going on. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to live with it. I think the content outweighs the quality right now. Um, are you aware that illegal aliens now are being given Social Security numbers at the border? Okay, so so we've heard about that. And uh, look, I've, I've got feelers out. Uh, I'm trying to see, you know, find Border Patrol, just trying to find somebody that would verify, yeah, we're giving them that. Uh, I, I can tell you this, that, you know, that, that social security cards can be issued to non-immigrants. I mean, you know, uh, say a non-immigrant comes in on a work visa. Well, I mean, he's going to need a social security card. So, so that's, that's not altogether uncommon to, to give, you know, a non-immigrant a, a social security card, uh, you know, allow them to, to go in that process. But 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 this this aspect, and I know several you know, persons have spoken about this in reported uh, about about DHS, you know, Biden administration actually giving them social security cards. I haven't spoken with anybody here, but but uh, let me just qualify that with this, David, that there is such a vast border, and there are, there are. So many sectors. Uh, you know, there, there's San Diego sector. Um, there, there's Chula. Uh, there's uh, you know Ajo, uh, Tucson sector. Uh, there's Yuma sector, uh, El Paso, and then of course your Big Bend, Del Rio, Laredo, Rio Grande Valley. So there's all these sectors on the U.S.-Mexico border. There are things happening at any given uh, moment that that, that people uh, elsewhere would not know about. Let me give you an example of that. I spoke with a uh, an agent that is on temporary duty here from Arizona. And he says, you know, Frank, uh, for many years, Arizona was the, was the spear point for activity on this border. Because you may recall, they built up that, that, that fence out of the Pacific Ocean, extended through California, and it pushed all that traffic into the deserts of Arizona. And that's where you had all these deaths, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, what we are seeing and he had been in about 20 years. He said, what, what I'm seeing here in Del Rio sector, which is Del Rio Eagle Pass, which Eagle Pass is the new epicenter. He says, I never saw anything like this in Arizona in, in my 20 year tenure. So the, the sheer volume and activity that's happening here is something he never saw in what was historically one of the, one of the busiest sectors on the U.S. Mexico border. So it's altogether possible that there could be stuff like what you're saying, you know, uh, them getting issued social, social security cards. 
And, and, and then, you know, left hand doesn't know what the right hand is. Yeah, uh, yeah. But there are reports I'm getting from reliable sources okay, that good. do indicate that. I mean, people I really trust and say they have firsthand knowledge. Okay. And, yeah. uh, and one of them is employed by the Border Patrol. Uh, the, uh, the, the other thing I'd like to ask you, your opinion on something, then before we turn to the political, is it possible to fast-track some of these people into voting in upcoming elections, say 2024 or even the midterms? Is that possible? Well, I, I know that uh, New York tried that, uh, and, and they got shot down. Uh, New York City, I believe, was was trying to do something like you, you live here 30 days you can vote so i believe it got shut down i mean that's uh that would be part of the state by state uh issue i mean the legislatures the uh, secretary of state the elections administrator uh is it possible yeah i, I, w- I would think so it just it's just going to depend on 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 state laws and uh, you know state procedures yeah, and the reason I asked that is I was getting reliable information. I have a broadcast partner on another radio show I do that used to be employed by DHS as a supervisor. And uh, he and some of the sources I know like him are, are saying very much that. And they're also saying that the relocation of many of these illegal aliens crossing the border, they're being sent specifically to the six swing states where small vote differences could make a huge uh, difference in the outcome in upcoming elections. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely that's part of the part of their overall uh, operation here, David. I have no no doubt that that is part of their aim as well. Yeah, I I, I agree, but I also know that uh, the information is compartmentalized, and it's not possible for one person like you to know the entire scope of things. In fact, actually, I have people inside DHS or. And the Border Patrol, they call me because I'm not compartmentalized. They're checking information with me. So it's interesting how that happens. I want to turn to the political really quickly. Um, you have some political aspirations. I'd like you to talk about them. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, I was the campaign manager for a candidate, Raul Reyes, who ran against uh, the incumbent here, Republican Tony Gonzalez, back in 2020. Uh, we saw shadiness there and what I mean by that some shenanigans out of Bear County with the elections administration office in there uh, the, the, the vote count uh, was 100% of Bear County my my candidate Raul Reyes was ahead by about 13-1400 votes with 100% of the precinct in Bear County reporting he was ahead about 10 minutes later you know because election night they're updating continuously about 10 minutes later, the next update, that 100% reporting out of Bear County had gone down to 95%. And the lead slowly dwindled through the night where my candidate Raul was down by seven votes in the morning. And we ended up losing that election. And so when I saw that, uh, you know, it just kind of lit a fire in me. Uh, and then, of course, this was in July of 2020. It was in a runoff election. Our, our primaries are in March. They had been pushed back because of COVID. So July 2020 was the runoff. We lost it with the circumstances I just spoke about. And, of course, November 2020 happens. And so as uh, as we, you know, just settled down and said, okay, lick our wounds. We got this congressman in place. We don't believe he's legitimate, but he is the congressman that's watching like a hawk. And sure enough, his vote started going against our conservative values. Very first vote, he, he voted against the objections by Senator Ted Cruz and, and several others to the Electoral College results out of Arizona and Pennsylvania. And all that, all that objection said was, let's send this back to the state legislatures so they'll have 10 days to review the processes used by their elections uh, administration officials. And he voted against that. That was a major strike for a lot of people. A few months later, he votes for the January 6th commission. Uh, his votes since then have been atrocious. He voted for red flag laws along with John Cornyn, only uh, one of only two Republicans in the state of Texas to vote for red flag laws. And he was the only Republican congressman in, the, in our delegation of about 26, 28 uh, Republicans to vote for marriage equality. The only Republican. And so... Uh, you know, he voted for the $40 billion package to the Ukraine, etc. It's just, it's been one thing. Uh, in the National Defense Authorization Act, there's been a lot of hoopla, a lot of uproar. 
about the expansion of chain migration that that was snuck through in an amendment and uh, him uh, congressman gonzalez and unfortunately myra flores voted for that expansion and so they've uh, they've they've uh, re- received a lot of iron criticism for that but uh that that's why i jumped in the race because this guy was uh an inf- he's an infiltrator david He's an infiltrator in the Republican Party who claims to be a conservative, has voted consistently against our conservative values, against the Constitution, and against the Word of God. And so he needs to be removed. And um, uh, in this current environment, I'm running as an independent. And the reason I I decided to run as an independent, because I I, I looked at the template, and, and this is the way the template goes. Good people, conservative patriots run in the primary against the well funded well-oiled machine of the establishment and they get massacred and we saw that massacre take place here in texas when uh, alan west uh, half finds uh, uh chad prather ran against uh, greg abbott and, and and other good conservatives constitutional patriots ran and they were destroyed they were just all shot down like pretty little ducks in a row and so I said, you know, and, and before that happened, I said, I am not going to do the primary route. I'm going to run as an independent because all I have to do is gather 500 signatures from, from verified, you know, voters who did not, uh, registered voters who did not vote in the March primary. And I will be guaranteed a spot on the November ballot. And so that's what that that's what's going on in this 23rd congressional district. Uh, citizens here will have a choice between the the Nancy Pelosi proclaimed Democrat, the 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 George Soros Lulac uh, infiltrator, uh, t- Rhino Tony Gonzalez, and myself as the uh, constitutional conservative America First Patriot, and, and there's a reason I call him the Lulac George Soros puppet, uh, David, is because early on when we did our oppositional research on him, we found and saw that he was intermingling. And, and related to people involved with LULAC and involved with the Democrat Party of Bear County. And they came out strong for him. And they spread the word out throughout the district to their Democrat, uh, you know, uh, allies. This is the guy we're going to vote for. Now, in 2020, it was a little bit of, of, a, of a fight because Gina Ortiz Jones was the party, the Democrat favorite there, right? And so there was a fight there. Nancy Pelosi and, and the Democrats targeted this district. So it was a big fight. But now in 2022, there is a Democrat opponent, but they're not even, they're not even, you know, uh, looking his way. Yeah, in, in name only. Listen, I have seen this. We've covered this for five years. George Soros program to recruit people to pretend to be Republicans, and uh, they run in their sheep's and wolf's clothing. We fully get that. Yes. Tell, tell us. Uh, we got about thirty-five, forty seconds left. Tell us how people can support your candidacy uh, and where they can find you. Yeah, so they can go to my uh, website. Uh, www.frank4cd23.com frank the number 4 cd23.com frank4cd23.com or they can go to my Facebook page Frank Lopez Jr. US Border Patriot Frank Lopez Jr. US Border Patriot Interesting well I I really appreciate what it is you're trying to do. Uh, are, are you doing a grassroots campaign? Just want to ask you that before we let you go. Uh, I would imagine since you're not getting good pack money that you have to go door to door. It's pure grassroots. All I'm asking is I, I'm pointing my camera, my phone at, at what is happening uh, out here in this border, sounding the alarm and, and, and saying, help me any way you can, whether it's volunteer, word of mouth, pray for me or donate when possible. But it is purely grassroots. This, this past quarter, uh, uh, for FEC reporting, uh, you know, purposes, my opponent, uh, raised, uh, well, at the end of the year, he had $2.1 million. Uh, he had probably like a million dollars cash on hand. Uh, this latest report, uh, I, I had about $4,000. <laughs> you know what? But, 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 but I'll tell you, David, look, bro, uh, all it takes is that little pebble. That's all it takes. Yeah, you're right. And listen, as we get close to the election, we'll have you back on. Frank, we're flat out of time, but we were speaking with Frank Lopez, Jr., congressional candidate. Contact him, support him. Frank, thanks so much for coming on the Common Sense Show. God bless you. Thanks, David. Take care. 
We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.